The Free For All Roundtable. Round one. Joining us this morning, spending their family day with us, and Legacy Dawson, Montreal radio commentator, advertising and media guy Max Velaket, and Pavan Brachis here, who is a serial entrepreneur in marketing, tech, and real estate. Plus, John always likes to point out a part time farmer as well. <laughs> so, everyone, let's start with the um, Emergencies Act. The results are in. The commissioner had, the commission has found that Prime Minister Trudeau met the threshold to invoke the act. And like I say, Dawson, we can start with you. Is, uh, I mean, not, not surprising. No, and I think a sigh of relief was probably breathed in the uh, prime minister's office. But yeah, I don't, I don't think it is surprising. And it was a pretty egregious screw up. I have friends in Ottawa who were like overwhelmed by the horns, the blocked roads, the businesses closed, the harassment, the bad behavior. So, I mean, it was an unprecedented event that caught a lot of people flat-footed. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm glad to see that this report came down. And I guess next time there's an attempt to do this, they'll know how to block the streets and prevent it. I, I mean, the thing that really concerned me about the convoy, in addition to the harassment and terrible behavior of some of the, the protesters and the truck drivers, is that there was the presence of things that, uh, you know, you don't really expect to see, right? Like the Confederate flag, yep. swastika, this group called Diagalon that had a big footprint, the fundraising and the support, a lot of it coming from the U.S. Like there's some very disturbing stuff there that I don't think the report really got into, but I'm hoping will be properly aired and addressed because, uh, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't want to go down that road at all to use another traffic trucking image well if you uh if you deface a statue of terry fox you are on yeah. no one's good side in canada the canadian hero there but maxwell the i mean what ann said there to me is i can't imagine being a resident in ottawa when this was happening so the fact that this emergency act was invoked i was in full favor of it when and i've been talking about that on the round table as a guest yeah, I mean, um, we say that you can be on no one's good side if you're defacing a statue of Terry Fox. It's uh, also important to remind everyone that prominent conservative MPs wandered amongst the group, often bringing them coffee, hanging out, chatting, oh. saying, what's going on? How y'all doing? Anything we can get you? Can we wave a, 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 a nice flag to get you into where you need to go? You know, it was it was terrible all around. What I would not like to get lost in all of this is the very people who were demanding for an inquiry into this to say this was not right, this was not good, this was politically uh, the wrong thing to do aren't stepping up now and saying, oh, sorry, but rather they're they're abandoning their responsibility in taking a part in all of this. This was a terrible moment for the residents of Ottawa moment. This is a terrible week-long period for the residents of Ottawa. And what I don't want to lose here is the fact that some of our politicians wandered amongst this group because it 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 agreed with some of their own political agenda, acting as if it was all okay. It wasn't okay. And it wasn't okay from moment one. Well, Max, it was definitely longer than a week as well. Yeah. And speaking yeah. of, you know, uh, certain politicians that may have had supporters in the crowd, one of those could have very well been Premier Doug Ford, who Pavin, Premier Doug Ford just wasn't present and wasn't talking about this and just kind of abandoned this, abandoned this whole thing. But by the way, Ottawa 
is in Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he should he should know that. You know, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was uh, quite a serious report. I think the the biggest thing before I talk about Ford that I would say and, and add to the excellent points made was that, you know, they, they, they said the threshold was met. But I think that the, the judge also says basically that we have failed uh, to provide a kind of consolidated response from a national intelligence point of view and from a policing point of view. And, uh, you know, clearly that is the thing that concerns uh, that's what concerns me more than anything else, because, you know, we we are dealing with all kinds of issues. There's going to be there and be environmental issues, political issues, et cetera. And we're clearly not set up to respond to these things properly. So I think that was kind of missed from the headline that, yes, it was appropriate, but we really have a lot of work to do. And it's and, and I think that Doug Ford. You know, I, I'm usually supportive of him. I don't think it made sense for him to go snowmobiling for the weekend uh, while this was going on. Uh, and, he, you know, we know that politicians aren't technically supposed to direct the police, but, uh, you know, and he left it to the OPP and the Ottawa police to sort out. But it didn't work. And you know what? Um, when when all of us watched the State of the Union uh, in America just a few weeks ago with, uh, with Joe Biden, he stood up and said, we will buy American. And you know what? That 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 position was reinforced by our failure to keep our borders open, to keep the one bridge that carries 25 percent of all of our trade uh, to the U.S. We cause factories to shut down in America. We cause a lot of chaos in the U.S. And our inability to deal with this has really hurt our cause for for a North American free trade kind of continued relationship. All right, let's move along here and get a, you know, a little literary. Um, I am not a big reader, but as a kid, I absolutely adored Roald Dahl books. And you might know his most famous, of course, being Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Well, censors have got a hold of some of his books and things like someone, uh, the Augustus Gloop character in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the wording is no longer enormously fat. Now he is just enormous. So they're modernizing rolled doll kids book. And like I say, Dawson, I don't mind when things are modified going from a book to another medium, like a movie or a TV show, but the actual original text, this one kind of throws me. Yeah, it, yeah, and I think it's. I mean, Roald Dahl is, has been known to be pretty offensive, right? Like he he even acknowledged publicly that he was an anti semite, and he got into terrible trouble for that, and deservedly so. I mean, he was a product of a certain time, and so publishers now are trying to remove the most offensive, you know, language that's used in the books. I've never been a super fan of Roald Dahl. My kids didn't really like his books. I'm not sure why, but they weren't high on our, on the list of stuff that we uh, that we would read together. I, I just, you know, when the books first came out, his editors sort of clean, cleaned them up a bit way back when he first started publishing after the war. Um, so publishers do that, but I agree. I don't, I don't think it's really necessary. I think the level of education now amongst the public is pretty high. Like if you read those books to your kids or your kids are reading them, then you have the discussion, you know, what do you think about the language? What do you think about the way in which women are portrayed? Cause he's also not great with women. He's, racist stuff in there but i mean you know so then you you deal with it and i think probably that's the best way to go rather than excising like just removing the language i don't think that really 
I don't think that's the solution. Well, uh, it's funny you mentioned women there, Anne, because in uh, the new edition of The Witches, a supernatural female posing as an ordinary woman may be working as a top scientist yeah, or running a I business as opposed to a cashier in a supermarket or typing letters for a businessman. What? Yeah. what? Max, again, what's, what's happening here? This is, this is so bizarre. Listen, I think if you're a parent right now, your big problem with Roald Dahl is there's a quite successful musical adaptation of Matilda that's just appeared on Netflix. Mm -hmm. So the single biggest crime he's committing right now is that, oh my goodness, our kids are singing the same songs over and over. And it's like Frozen was like 10 years ago where all they sang was Let It Go if I've... I've got to hear another group of girls screaming about how they're being just a little bit naughty while they run down the hallways of our houses. It's it's bad, y'all. Like this is this is really where it's going terribly. What I find almost unbelievable about this part is it's actually his estate that is doing this. Yeah. Yeah. So what's interesting is I I have a sense that they must be reckoning with his legacy and the worst parts of his character and looking to sort of overcorrect. As a parent, and I don't like to to invoke this part of how I do things. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a party of one, but I look at these opportunities to actually talk about the way that we've changed. So when we read something to our kids, what we can be doing with this is actually having a conversation around the language and what we used to do and why we don't do it anymore and how things have changed. I actually view it as a bit of an opportunity to talk about the way that things have evolved. So that's where I don't like the changes and that it robs us of an opportunity to say, well, this is how people were writing things. 80, 100 years ago, however long it was. And it enables us to have those conversations, which I think is actually fundamentally pretty good for our kids to understand the context of what we used to do and the world we're trying to move forwards. But I still can't forgive him for the earworms of the musical running through my head 24-7, 365. Now, that's the real crime we're facing here, people. Well, Max, I mean, I still live in a world of pure imagination, So, but I credit that to Gene Wilder and uh, <laughs> that whole world that was created. Pavan, do you think that these changes are specifically being made here because this is children's literature as opposed to looking back at any other author that is is a little bit more sophisticated and you're getting it at an older age? Hey, we're, we're seeing it everywhere from street names to statues to um, absolutely everything. So I, I don't, you know, obviously there's greater sensitivity when it involves children. But, um, it, you know, I, I, I do favor kind of the disclaimer approach and, and picking up on what Max was saying. You know, it is a teachable moment to to be able to say, hey, listen, while you're reading it, this is how folks talked and, and this is how things were written in those days. Um, and I much prefer that to kind of starting to edit, go down the road of editing every word. I mean, you know, on the one hand, they removed enorm they changed enormously fat in the book to enormous. That sounds innocuous enough, but then at the same time, they're removing the word black to describe a, a machine that that apparently did something wrong. And I apologize if I don't have this right, but I'm just picking it up from what I read. So, you know, what, where does it end? You know, and so I think it, it's really good to kind of put a disclaimer on the front, let kids understand that this was written in 1964 or whenever it was, 
and um, and uh, understand that not all of the, the ways that things were expressed then are, are the way we do things these days. I'm just waiting to hear chocolate can have detrimental health effects. We should really <laughs> remove that from the title of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's right. um, and watch for heavy metals. Yeah. So uh, before we go here, um, Canadians say the spanking law should be abolished. More than half of Canadians in a survey says abolish spanking. Does anyone spank their kids anymore? And like I say, Dawson, was this a part of uh, bringing kids up? Well, I certainly didn't. <clears throat> I didn't certainly. I certainly didn't raise a hand to my kids, and we weren't spanked either. My dad was opposed to corporal punishment. I remember him saying that that he thought it was a form of bullying, that big people would whack small kids, small people. It just didn't make sense. So, I think the culture. You know, the, the days of you know, seen and not heard, and spare the rod, spoil the child, all that stuff is well in the past, and I'm glad of it because all the evidence shows that it traumatizes kids if you raise a hand to them. Like, it, it has an effect on their brain development. It's, you know, it traumatizes them. So I think it's progress in the larger society, and I'm glad to see it. Is there a place for spanking, Max? And I mean with children, let's not get into anything else here. Yeah, yeah how I spend my weekends is none of your business. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it, it, uh, no, there isn't. And truthfully, it, it, it fundamentally represents a kind of breakdown in, in, in the way that we, we can and should be managing our kids, right? As they get older, they're not going to be spanked uh, it, under those circumstances when they, when they do something wrong. So I, I also find it's just inadequate preparedness for how they move forward. And the job as a parent is not to think about the moment that you're dealing with your kid, but rather how all those moments prepare them for getting older. So I've never really understood it. Glad it's going by the wayside. And there's other ways to, to, to properly manage and prepare your kids for their future. We are up against the clock and have run out of time. Sorry, Pavin, can't get into your weekend behavior. Uh, we'll no leave that problem. for Max. And, and thank all three of you for doing this this morning. Enjoy your family day. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.